All right, so Joe was opening a new business, and one of his friends decided to send flowers for the occasion. The flowers arrived, and Joe read the card. It said, rest in peace. <laughs> Joe arranged the call to the florist to complain, and the florist replied, sir, I'm really sorry for the mistake, but rather than you getting angry, you should imagine this. Somewhere, there's a funeral taking place today. And they have flowers with a note saying, congratulations on your new location. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I found a good one. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? It's so good to be here. And the talk today is about uncomfortability, the power of uncomfortability. And if you want to know what that's like, I invite you to come any Sunday and do a talk. <laughs> uh, you get the nerves, you know, you try to ground yourself and you say, thy will be done. And you, and all of the while you kind of have this thing going on in the pit of your stomach and, and you have to push through. You have to push through. And this is what we're talking about when we are discussing being uncomfortable. And just in case uh, you do not remember what it's like to be uncomfortable or you cannot recall a time in your life that you were uncomfortable because you, you took all the classes, you're a practitioner, or you know, you just think you got it going on, I'm going to remind you. <laughs> but first, our uh, exploration in the power of uncomfortability, we look to our founder, Ernest Holmes, who said, change your thinking, change your life. Because uncomfortability is from your thinking. It is from a belief system, a false sense of, uh, in, uh, a false sense of self, because the truth of who we are is reality. The truth of who we are is beyond a story. The truth of who you are uh, shines ever supreme, and it has no problems. So that leaves us to know that the problem is with the mind. And the nature of the mind is to make up these stories. So what we do when we are discovering our discomfort is we start to navigate away from the feeling, and it helps us to identify the belief and then it moves us into a place of certainty and thereby growth. Because there is one thing for sure about the world. It is not going to stop being difficult because you got your practitioner license or ministerial license or took a class. And we had a great meeting about becoming a practitioner yesterday. And uh, the, it's still open for invitations. So please, you know, see Diane or Sandy if this is a desire or interest for you. But we were talking about that becoming a practitioner gives you the tools, a sense, of, um, a sense of knowing your truth and who you are, and it helps you to respond to life instead of reacting to it. Life is gonna be life. And these practitioners do a really wonderful job of reminding you of that and trying to help you get out of the story. But sometimes that's kind of difficult. Uh, Fish and I were driving up today and we always have interesting conversations on the way up and uh, we try to kind of figure some things out and it's always interesting because I'm like, you're not listening to me. <laughs> and she's like, yes I am, I'm looking at the mountain. I'm like, no, you're not listening to me. <laughs> and uh, we have these very great conversations of figuring out the dynamics of where the discomfort is in a friendship and so that it can be better and more grounded in reality than in the story that we have about one another. And we can make up some good stories about one another, let me tell you. When you've known each other 13 years, you have 
as friends, you, you've grown past some stuff and you still need to move forward. But we have a lot of fun in these uh, talks. And one of the things that we discussed was, you know, that the science of mind philosophy with discomfort is a guidepost for evolution. It is an opportunity to look at our belief systems and conditioning. So when, when I, I told you I was going to remind you of some of those things, and, and I am, and I, I wrote them down because there's a few, and I, I want to share them with you. But what I want to say first is the um, position with discomfort is becoming self-aware. It's beginning to identify, and it can be a slippery fish. We can, I know I identify discomfort from this feeling in the pit of my stomach, right? When that comes, it's like, oh my God, I put my foot in it. I've really done it now. I've made someone mad. Oh my God, do I need to go apologize? And I spend a lot of my life wondering what people are thinking about me, which takes a lot of psychic energy. It takes a lot of um, just nonsense, really. And the freedom that this philosophy gives you when you work it enough is liberation from that belief system. And if you were raised like I was, a good Catholic girl, um, you were raised in a philosophy or a religion that um, teaches that. So you really can't be any other way. Um, and what you begin to understand is it's okay. It is okay how you were raised. It's okay the stories you've gained. It's okay what you've been through. And there does come a time, a new season, that if you are unhappy with the life that you have created from the belief system that you have, and these discomforts start to show themselves more and more, it's time to take action. That action is what moves us forward. We can pray, and we pray good here, let me tell you. But there is this thing called treat and move your feet. And the move your feet part is to take the action that spirit has put in front of you as the next step. But between that is the discomfort. Between that is the, I don't know if that's right. Did I hear spirit? Am I on the do not call list? Will the door open for me? Right? There is a lot between someone holding the truth for you, you identifying the truth for you, and then the discomfort that comes. Because discomfort is knocking at your door to support the idea of yourself that you want change. They go hand in hand. They're best friends, right? They, it, it must come because what would be the warning signal for you if there were no discomfort, right? So what are some of the things? Uh, personal relationships, right? Having a difficult conversation with a friend. <laughs> or a loved one about a sensitive topic and expressing your needs and addressing a misunderstanding. You know, we, we, you all know we have the kids and with comes a lot of people, a lot of relationships, and those can be some very difficult conversations. So with that, I continually look at myself so that I can own my part of any scenario. But you know what happens is you can really easily get lost in there doing that, and I don't like it. Right? And so we were listening to Ajashante on the way up, and what he said was, uh, we have to identify our own judgment. And it can be kind of slippery, right? Because I would tell you I'm not a judgmental person until I listen to that uh, video. Uh, because this is what we're doing. We're, we are evolving in looking in all the dark and hidden places where things seem to land. So if someone is showing up for you and they are a trigger, 
It is your trigger. And that discomfort that they caused is pointing you to a false belief that you need to look at to bring you back to the greater reality where there is no story. Right? And what he went on to say was this gentleman was talking to him about his family. We all have family. We know how that can go, right? And he was saying that he really didn't like the way they presented themselves. And he said, well, what you need to look at is your own judgment of the way that they're presenting themselves. And ask yourself, are you trying to make, the, make them the hero or the villain in your own story? Because they're neither. They are just being who they are. And if you could drop the story, acknowledge who they are right now. And he said, I'm not... Uh, I'm not saying it's not uncomfortable. I'm not saying what they're doing is helping humanity or is gonna get them far or you're gonna like it. But the quicker you drop your judgment, the more the creative essence of the universe can come up to meet the situation, heal your discomfort, and then creativity speaks and not your judgment. And I just thought that was so beautiful because it is so easy to get lost, for me anyway, in trying to figure people out. And what I just seen for, because we've all been some portion of the trigger that we meet, and some of us can leave it behind and not really think about it anymore. But what I have a tendency to do is to cast the hero story. And because I've grown, you can grow. So I'm going to love you. I know where you're going to end up. So I'm going to love you while you get there. But in the meantime, I build a lot of resentment because it's taking you too long. <laughs> right? Like, it's just taking you too long. Like, come on, catch up. And so I think to myself, because I've grown, they're going to grow. But the reality is who they are right now is who they are. Right? And that might mean you need to walk away. That might mean you might not have anything to say. But once you realize that you're the one casting the judgment and it drops, your discomfort goes away. And you grow, and whatever happens to that relationship is on them. Now, when it's really essence, what he's saying is their life is none of your business until they project it onto you, then it becomes your business, right? Something happens, they say something, do something. Uh, my teacher always says, everything's none of your business until someone's physically being harmed. Then it is all of our businesses. But if they uh, engage with you, then we, when we become self-aware, we can drop down into our self-awareness and allow and take a step back allow them to project and wait for spirit or creative intelligence to give us the words to navigate the situation. And sometimes those words may even surprise us. Sometimes there will be no words. I, I really don't know. And this gentleman was looking for advice from Aja and Aja said, I don't give advice because if I gave you advice, you would go out and meet the next circumstance based on what I told you instead of allowing the experience of creating intelligence to come up through you. So we all have to experience spirit, God, universe, in our own unique way with our own unique conditioning. And therefore, this beautiful essence of being uncomfortable becomes a great teacher. And this is not allowing people to be doormats. That happens when there is another belief that you're following, different talk, different day. But it does happen when you say to yourself, I'm still feeling uncomfortable. I still want to make it this person's fault. 
I am still not accepting the greater reality of who this person is. And in the greater reality, uh, when you start to express from that level and the stories fall away, the people fall away too, really. You start to vibrate at a higher resonance and then the people to support your new story show up to show you how much you're loving yourself. So, so this is personal relationships, uh, career development, seeking constructive feedback on your work performance. I, my boss would IM me, instant message me, and she would be like, Tracy, I need to see you. Where do you think my mind went? Oh my God, what did I do? Did I say something? I'm running through every meeting. Was I loud? Was I obnoxious? Oh my God, what is she gonna say? And then she messages me and she's like, happy birthday. Discomfort can run away, but it depends on your conditioning. It depends on how your view and lens of life, and it depends on what you've, the story you've cast. And I always laugh at that because um, I, my son labeled it um, catastrophizing, catastrophizing thinking. And it comes from trauma response. It's how our brain processes information. It is how, if you had a home where people were yelling at you, if you had abuse, and, and these things are very deep and can be very painful, but because you're sitting here, you know you can overcome it. And what our tools do brings awareness to this discomfort, helps you again create the new story so that the next time you get the instant message beforehand, you can go, I'm not buying that crap. That's cool. Uh, got it. You talk to your mind and you go, what's up? Oh, I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And then you step back and go, I did it. I navigated that. And it gets easier because it's a skill. We build skills. Adapting to change, right? This is what going through a, a major life change, a relocation um, can be uncomfortable. Self-reflection and growth. Well, that's what our whole community is about. And uh, it's really kind of funny because this gentleman that was talking to Aja, I was laughing with Fish because he was trying to point him in a different direction and he kept going back to his story. And Aja goes, well, I don't give advice. And he goes, yeah, but you kind of do. And Aja's like, no, I don't. And he goes, yeah, but you kind of do. And so I was, it was so interesting because he, he wanted him to hear the story that he was giving, give advice about it, but he didn't want to be wrong about anything while he was telling the story, right? Like, have you ever had those conversations and someone goes, I know, I know, I know. And I, as a manager, I used to go, what do you know? Like, I haven't even spoken yet, right? And uh, when I'm in conversation with my teacher, Tom, he, uh, sometimes he speaks at a higher level and I, and, and, and I listen very attuned. This is, this is part of who I am. And I, and I want to respond, and I choose my words very carefully, and he'll go, Tracy, just use whatever words come to your mind. And I go, I know, but, but then you might think I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about. And he goes, well, why don't you just let me think? <laughs> and you're like, and then I'll, I'll, I'm not even going to correct you, but you know, just, we call it, we call it freezing when we were driving up. You kind of freeze when you're in front of someone that you kind of think is maybe a little wiser or has more of an expanded consciousness and you don't want them to know that you don't know. So you just go, oh yeah, yeah. And then you start talking and it's really kind of funny, right? Cause they know, right? Everybody knows. Um, so that's what discomfort in these situations brings a sense of vulnerability. 
right? We become vulnerable and, and we are able to stand and go, you know what, I really don't know. And there's so much liberation in not pretending to be somebody that you are not. There's so much liberation in living in the reality of life because then you get to deal with it as it unfolds and you get to respond to it instead of react to it. And when you react to it, then you go home and you hide your head under the pillows and, you, and you're like, oh man, I gotta call everybody and apologize. And you know, what we are here for is to take that sense of discomfort, recognize it, unveil the belief, unconscious or conscious, create a new story, and watch the universe support it. Watch God support that story. Same with financial challenges, learning and development. I don't know, have you ever started a new job? It's really tough sometimes. My mentor, Reverend Shirls, we, we were talking about my granddaughter playing the piano. And, she, and I was like, Kyle, she just sit down and play, she'd be fine. And she's like, have you ever started anything new? New is hard. You need to acknowledge to her that new is hard instead of just sit down and do it. Who told you to just sit down and do it? Oh yeah, mom, dad, teacher. The other thing that happens to me, I, I was having these, uh, as you work on your spiritual development, these old stories come to the surface. And I was working uh, with my teacher and I was having a great day, like morning, and I sat down. He's like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I'm good. And he's like, oh, okay. And then five minutes in, I don't know what he does, but all of a sudden the tears started coming. I'm like, what are these? And he's like, what's going on? And I go, I don't know. I just remembered this story about a horse. When I was in fifth grade, I really want a horse. So I went to school and told everybody I had a Palomino. <laughs> And he was like, you did? And I go, he goes, that sounds like something a fifth grader would do. But from the eyes of the adult looking back at it, they're like, oh, that silly kid. Why did she do that? And you carry this. Um, my mother must have said, like, don't lie or some silly thing, right? And you carry this uh, angst inside of you. And so when these stories come up and you get to look at them in an age-appropriate way and in the innocence of a child, you just really realize the imagination of a kid can really create some interesting things. But when we are letting that five-year-old lead our story, it's about shame, right? Shame and discomfort are cousins. And, uh, and we don't even have a problem with shame because it still tells us that we're off track. The other thing I want to just share with you is um, my son uh, came to me the senior year of high school. And he's a big boy, 6, 8, 300 pounds. And he's like, Mama, I want to do something my senior year that leaves a mark. And I was like, well, wait, wait till the last minute. Um, so he was like, I'm like, okay, well, you want to take, well, you want to take the chess? What do, what do you want to do? You want to play the tuba? Like, what are you going to do? And he goes, I want to play football. And I was like, wow, Arizona heat, 300 pounds. I'm like, okay. And so he is so committed to this that he, he wants to make this change. And there's a great deal of discomfort in him. And he goes to the coach, and the coach is like, man, you're kind of late, but okay, we need a big guy. And so I drop him off, Arizona heat for, some, for football is crazy, isn't it? And so he goes, and he puts his pads on, and I'm watching him. When I pick him up, he's like dripping sweat, and he's like, I pumped weights today, and he's feeling very confident and proud. And I'm like, okay, and then three weeks in, he's like, mama, what did I do? And I go, I don't know, but you're finishing. Because we bought those. <laughs> uh, I bought 800 candy bars. You're going to sell those things, right? 
<laughs> so he, he digs in, digs in, loses 70 pounds, plays football his senior year, and the one chance he gets to go out on the field, I see the coach, I see the coach, and he's like, okay, they're gonna let, it's the end of the season, they're gonna let the second string play, and he's like this, and I'm the proud mom in the stand, like, show me the money, you know, I'm like, yeah, and uh, he's, the coach grabs his helmet, and he's like, go kill somebody, <laughs> you know, and, and you can, my son's eyes get really big, and he's like, oh, okay, you know, they do the padding, and, and he runs out, and does a play, gets knocked down, comes back in, and, um, and he, game is over, he's so proud of himself, and uh, it, a week later, I meet someone from college, and I tell them this story about my son, he's like, I don't care if he knows how to play football, if he weighs 300 pounds and he's six foot, I will teach him, he can get a scholarship. So I run home, and I'm so excited, and I tell him, he's like, mama, I'm a lover, not a fighter, I don't, <laughs> I don't want anyone to knock me down again, but I am so proud of myself that I started, I finished, I left a mark, and I realized I hate football. <laughs> so you know the discomfort he had to push past? We all have to push past that discomfort. We all have to dig in. We all have to say, we'll get them next time. We, this story is a story of resilience. It's a story of passion. It's a story of wanting to make a difference. And when I think about my own story, from youth to now, I have overcome a great deal of things. And here I am on purpose. But I still get very uncomfortable. I still get those bubbly feelings in my stomach. I still try to ground myself because I'm a human being having a human experience that have a history of trauma and love and experiences, and they all have served me to be able to tell you great stories, um, but they've also brought me to a place of loving myself. Discomfort brings you home. Walk the road, dig in. When your basic needs are met, food, house, comfort, then it is time to take the next step. It's time to trust and build your holy faith. It's time to use the discomfort as a tool to bring you all the way home so that you can stop living as the lion. I'm sorry, I did that again. So that you can start living, you can start living as the lion and leave the story of the lamb behind. I love you and I am here to support you. And I am so grateful that I was able to push past it. And because I can, I know that for you. Have a wonderful week discovering these things about yourself. And we will anchor this in prayer. And I wish you the most holiest of days. Right here, right now, Spirit has revealed so many wonderful things. And I am confident in this that whatever your story is, spirit, either now or later in the week, plants that seed of love, of light, of beauty. It reveals to you who you truly are, and it gives you a new story to lean on. The discomfort pushes instead of pulls. It makes you stop. It makes you think. It makes you respond to life in the beauty from the heart. And the heart opens and the world reveals itself to you in a whole new, delightful way. 
because spirit is, and because I know these truths deeply within myself, I know them for you. And I carry your healing, your love, your circumstances, knowing that for everything going on in this planet, spirit has already made the answer available to you. Follow the road and it will bring you home. I release these words into the law knowing they cannot be returned void because what spirit does is take care of itself. And because you are spirit, you are divinely guided. And so it is.